Good evening, and welcome again to the Horror Hill. As always, I'm your host, Jason Hill, and today I'd like to introduce you to the latest addition to the Simply Scary Podcast Network's amazing lineup of horror podcasts, The Town Whispers. A serialized audio drama written, produced, and performed by the very talented Cole Weavers. In the series, you'll explore the fort, a town hidden behind the fog, the trees, and the rain of the Pacific Northwest. A town where the locals manage to sleep easy most nights, despite the screams heard echoing over the nearby bog at night, and something just isn't right. Will you face the many-eyed things that wrench themselves free from the dirt? Will you discover their name, their true name? Can you muster the strength to descend into the depths of the town's mysterious caves? Caves which lie open like the maws of ancient, primordial snakes. The Town Whispers is a horror audio drama that exists at the crossroads between eldritch terrors and folk horrors. If you enjoy Lovecraft, The Wicker Man, Tales of Pagan Lore, or Twin Peaks, you'll love The Town Whispers. It's a story for those who are comfortable in their own discomfort, and for those who often find themselves taking a left when they should have taken a right one too many times. That is, after all, the only way to end up in the fort. <laughs> In a moment, you'll hear the first thrilling chapter of The Town Whispers in its entirety. While you're listening, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite programs so you never miss a new weekly episode. There are over a dozen chapters available now. Or visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click our shows at the top and select The Town Whispers from the drop-down menu to start streaming today. There are also links in the episode notes that'll take you straight to the show. Now, without further ado, I present to you Chapter 1 of The Town Whispers, A God Amongst Trees. The Town Whispers is a horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the trees and the rain. And in the case of Mildred's story behind the fog, are you ready, neighbor? Because I'm about ready to start. Listener discretion is advised.
Mildred walked under a peerless sky that evening, peerless in its beauty and enormity. The entirety of the black threatened to swallow the young woman whole as she walked barefoot into the night and away from the safety of her home and into the mire. Her toes sunk as she moved forward into wet, loamy earth, and there was a bounce to the peat moss that sat on dirt, suspended on an ancient network of roots that lifted her world above. Well, only God knows what below. Now, in this town and the surrounding area, a person would do best to stick to the roads and worn paths. The edge of a town is as good as the edge of the world, and what lays beyond may as well be unknown undiscovered. Mildred had never dared to tread so far from the light of other people. She was a creature of comfort and routine. But that night, Mildred was about to find out firsthand that the stories her mother told her were the same reasons her father drank, were the same reasons she married young and the same reasons she spat when she screamed with unbridled fury for her children to stay close to her at all times. Miss chomped with cold teeth at her ankles and then her calves. In fact, the haze seemed to be enveloping her like quicksand from the bottom up and no longer than it took to blink and she was submerged in a cataract of swirling phantasms and fog, with only distant waning moonlight to guide her white, ghastly way. Her feet were cold, so very cold and wet, and Mildred couldn't tell if leeches sucked at her toes or if it was the pins and pricks of sleep, because Mildred wasn't entirely sure if she was awake or stuck in some loathsome landscape of her own imagining, and her feet, which may or may not be covered in leeches, were a mystery to her as she pressed forward, compelled by nightmarish thoughts of never turning back, never seeing her children again, never making dinner for her husband again, and certainly never going back to that damn church again. As Mildred was deep in thought, Walking for an unknown time in what seemed to be a straight line to nowhere, she became painfully and acutely aware of the smile etched into the sore, rigid and contorted corners of her mouth. She knew this smile wasn't hers, just as she knew her feet were not her own. She was a marionette, but she felt assured that her strings were being pulled and plucked by greater things than her own whims, and she felt comforted knowing that the master of her strings was cut of a different cloth from the wrathful god she'd grown up trying to please and praying to. It spoke no words to her, and demanded that she speak none in return. It only pulled the tops of her feet, up, forward, and then down, over and over as it walked her away from all that existed. There was a language in the movement, a sensual pleasure of being driven like a horse. There were no choices to be made, no responsibilities. 
So her pigeon heart suddenly turned to a steel cask holding grim delight and a childlike sense of wonder. She even closed her eyes and felt her being rest in her own body, like she had many long days sitting on the porch, feeling the tensions and pressures lift from her soul. Mildred heard what sounded like wooden thunder, and her feet stopped moving. She felt the weight of her flesh rest on her heels, and she reluctantly opened her eyes, wishing to be weightless for just a moment longer. The sky was gone. Mildred craned her head back as her eyes followed the monstrous trunk of an oak tree, up and up and up. Only leaves and thick boughs that reached outwards from the breathing behemoth at its center, covered in dark green leaves, were visible. Around her sat tiny puddles reflecting the light of a moon that was nothing but a distant memory in a place such as this. She knew, without words, without wisdom, through primal instinct that she stood beneath the last oaken god. Mildred didn't even hesitate or think twice. She could hear it breathe. She could hear it groan and move uncomfortably in the earth beneath it. And she dug her toes in as well, whether for comfort or like a child trying to copy a mother or father out of admiration for their stature, she wasn't sure. And then... It spoke to her. Little thing, you've come a long way. Its voice boomed and rattled within her head. Where am I? She replied as the spell that bound her mouth in a grisly grin eased and fell away. Above her, or behind her, all around her, the sound of snapping tree limbs echoed and nothing more. Mildred waited, but still nothing. The air was viscous, and her clothes, wet from sweat, clung to her body. In uncomfortable silence, too afraid to speak, but too anxious to stand still, Mildred looked like a child as she picked and pulled at her nightdress, slowly backing away from the trunk of the tree which she assumed through her knowledge of the world would be where the body of the thing that spoke with words she knew, but knew more than she had words for. Her heel struck a tiny root that at some point in the past had dug its way out of the soft, wet earth for a breath of air before diving back into its world of worms and rot. Mildred tried to catch herself as she fell backwards, placing her hand down behind her. She felt the rock or branch or something cut into her palm. She panicked and frantically tried to jump back to her feet, but as she did was yanked back into the muck and mire. Her hand was in the clutch of a root. What on earth? Mildred yelled and whispered at the same time if such a thing is possible as she tried to pry the vine from around her wrist and felt her fingernails start to peel back from their beds with the strain. She heard, or thought she heard, the tree say, 
Mildred wasn't sure if it was the wind or not. What the hell? What is this? She said through short, terrified breaths as she watched the vine grow and begin to send tendrils into her cut palm. <laughs> oh, God, help me. Help me. Stop it. The pain was gone. She looked down to see the grip which had held her fast, loosen and let go, falling and retreating into the ground limp. And Mildred's palm was sewn shut, with fine sinew-like threads of root. And then the haunting, echoing voice returned. Mildred didn't want to answer at first. She felt as if something so fearsome would not or could not be speaking to her. Yes, but what? Have you not struggled to feed your children? Fear they be consumed by drought or famine? Have you not watched? As your children slowly turn sour, pinched and twisted into shapes that were not born of your body, something not of your design. Mildred's eyes welled with tears. She was a good mother. She knew she was, or at least she thought she was. She'd done all she could to teach them right from wrong, fed them as much as she could so they could grow as big and as tall and as strong as they needed to be to push back against the world. But there were times when they'd been hungry, when she'd failed to feed them. There were times when they'd been cold, and she'd been too exhausted or resentful to hold them. She was like any other mother, afraid that what she was was not enough, and she knew whatever spoke to her now, a thing beyond the clutch of disease, beyond the laws that send a person into a hole six feet deep, a dreaded god that peered through the bud on each leaf and each eye flitting from inch to inch of her, seeing the dirty sins that she held tight to. What do I do? Is it like a baptism, or do I... do I pray to you? Let go of your decency and lay natural Tilt your head back and 
Mildred stood rooted in place, unsure of what to do, hoping the tree, which clearly was not a tree but instead the body of something more, hoping it hadn't just asked her to get naked. That wasn't decent or respectful at all, and she felt her chest tighten as she wrestled with the moral dilemma. A woman's body is sacred and hidden from the world. It's her gift to her husband, and that's what she'd been taught. That's why when she'd worn her brother's summer clothes as a child, thinking, well, if the boys can, then so should I. She'd been hit with a switch over and over until she cried. But why is it that a woman must hide herself? She felt like she had as a young girl and muttered under her breath as she was lost in thought. Why should I have to wear dresses? What... Evil am I hiding? I'm not. That's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. She felt the pluck and pull of ethereal strings again tugging at the backs of her hands and at her elbows and her shoulders. They weren't like they'd been before, controlling and consuming, but more a subtle push. A suggestion this time. And it was all she needed. Her hands lifted as she slipped her shoulders through the dress as it fell to her feet, and she breathed in deeply, feeling as if shackles had been lifted from her. She felt unencumbered, she felt loose from the prisons of domestic life. Mildred eased herself onto the ground feeling the cool touch against her bare skin. Skin which was never bare, skin which had only been bare when absolutely necessary, it seemed, and it was sensitive, soft skin that bubbled up with goosebumps as she lay her head back. Quiet at first. It sounded like a distant, cheering crowd. Then louder and louder, the leaves above her began to rustle and then danced in a frenzy as a violent wind blew through the arthritic fingers of a god of the forest, the ancient oaken behemoth, and then drops of dew that had collected for an age began to fall in sheets, washing over her and into the fetid soil beneath which swelled and contracted like lungs of rotting undergrowth. And she laughed. Mildred laughed and she couldn't stop laughing. The ageless dew rain that fell on her was warm and made her skin drunk and she was filled with a joy that could compare to nothing. Not even the first time she'd held each of her children. Her mouth was wide, tongue out collecting the rain. It was sweet like nectar and when her mouth was full of it, she swallowed deeply and felt it send buzzing bees through her body. And then, nothing. Mildred lay naked a few steps from her front porch, laughing and crying with joy. Above her at the top steps of the porch was her husband looking down, partly disgusted and partly horrified watching his wife clearly losing her mind. 
Mildred sat up and looked behind her and met his gaze before he stormed back into the house. She looked into the windows and saw a couple of the younger children crying with ugly scrunched chins. Mildred covered herself, suddenly embarrassed and very confused, and sat there for a moment trying to hold tight to the memories of what had just happened. She would tell her husband and they could explain it to the children and it it would be fine and they'd understand what had happened, but what had happened? Mildred stared off into the night, trying with oily hands to grab at the memory, but it was lost. So she sat up, doing the best she could to cover herself and walked into the house, ashamed and unknown to her, pregnant. Well, hello there, townies. I just wanted to thank you for joining me for the first of many twisted truths that plague our rank and wretched town, which is always polite and courteous unless, of course, you come face to face with the eyes of a thing that smells like rotting babies and giggles like one too. In that case, you better run to the church. I hear there are nastier things that sleep in its basement, and they might just scare it away. The Town Whispers is a Canadian horror podcast inspired by the terror-inducing landscape that we've etched our names into, as well as some stories and nightmares passed around in hushed tones. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by Charlie Pierce Smith. Consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at The Town Whispers. Also, if you'd like to help the town council patch the church roof or condemn the old LaPont Manor or perhaps build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die, consider supporting our wonderful little town, which is nothing but pleasant. Even when you are unable to sleep because of the screams echoing from the bog, you can do so by visiting our town hall at patreon.com slash the town whispers. For a few dollars a month, you'll gain the knowledge that has been nibbled from your mind by the worms whispered by sleep and find records written by the founders of our humble little monstrosity of a town. You might even find a relic or two in your mailbox on occasion. For more information on the show, head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com.
Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.